0: pray together this morning. Father God, we are so thankful to be here. Father, we are just thankful for you always being there. Even when we can't see it, we don't know it, we don't understand it. God, you're always there. And from the story of the fiery furnace and being the fourth man to the story of the prophet being surrounded by the army and the servant not being able to see your army that was protecting them and surrounding them. God, There's so many passages of scripture where we're just reminded that you are always there. You're always present, you're always with us, whether we realize it or not. Father, this morning I pray that you would once again remind us that, that you love us and you value us above all creation you created man and woman you looked and you saw that it was very good and I pray God that we would cling to the understanding that because you love us because you value us that you are with us through the good times through the bad through the constant through the storms that you were there remind us of that today as we gather we always try to remember our brothers and sisters who aren't able to be here Father we pray for Pastor Dan pray for Miss Helen pray for Miss Pat Father we pray for Mr. Steve this morning God we just pray that your spirit would touch him in his final days and just watch over him his family. Yeah, we pray for little Miss Emery this morning. It should be with her ears. It should be with her body. Help her mom and dad as they try to navigate through this and they're worrying. Lord, just be with them. Remind them that you're there. Remind all these that you're there. Even when we can't feel it, we can't see it. Lord, all things are for your glory and your honor. And Lord, we pray that that's what would be done today. That glory and honor would be brought to your name. I pray that it would start with us humbling ourselves before you, submitting ourselves to you, Allowing you to work and move in our hearts and lives so that we can grow and mature in our faith in you. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you so much to be here. And I just pray that you would guide us in the coming moments, speaking to our lives. We love you and we ask all this in the precious and holy name of Jesus. And all God's people said. Amen. You may be seated. We're in week two of our series of More Than Animals. And last week, we talked about what God wants you to know, what God wants you to see, what Scripture had to say about how God feels about us and how valuable we are in His eyes. And today, we're going to talk about what the world says. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, whether you realize this or not, you and I are significantly bombarded every day by the messages and the values and the communications of the world. Now we would like to say that, that we're, we're constantly praying and we're constantly reading scripture and we're constantly involved with other believers, but the truth is if you and I sit down and we started writing down a time chart about what we're spending most of our day doing, it would be pretty fair to say that most of us are wrapped up in getting from A to B, getting from getting from one point to the next, being with this person, being with that person, getting some job done, just trying to live life and get it done. And so we're just constantly just in the middle of life. And in all of that, we're receiving communications, an infinite amount of information that we have access to today that's just constantly pouring into us through social media, through internet, through TV, through everything. And the world screams at us and tells us that human life has no value. And you may say, okay, like that's a pretty bold statement, Um, at best a stretch statement. But there's something that the world is, is saying to us as people regularly that I think we do need to be made aware of because if you look at what everything's saying, most of us would believe And we would say that, okay, our society cares about people and all of your politicians and rulers and authorities would constantly claim that they care about people and that they value human life. And everything that we do is kind of hinged off of these things. Now we're all about human rights and stuff like that. But if you begin to look at the concrete evidence of what's being passed along, let's just talk about some of these. So the majority of people in academia, and these are the people in charge, these are people who are teaching, and it's, and it's, and it's, uh, it's moved from like the, the colleges and universities, and it's trickled now down into our school systems, from elementary school all the way through high school. But the majority of people in education nowadays believe the theory of evolution over the concept of God. And that's what they teach by law. That's what they're made to teach. And you may think that's not a big deal, but when you sit back and you think about, okay, as a believer and as as you look at scripture and as you think about what we believe in God, God promotes constantly the value of life and the precious aspect of life, right? I mean, that's kind of the whole thing about why he came and he bled and he died so that you and I could have eternal life. That's how much he values it for, for people is that he died so that we would not have to. He died so that you and I could live eternally. That's how much God values it. But when you look at it from this whole perspective of evolution, and the fact that life is just an accident. And when you start talking about evolution, you got to think about, okay, well, it, when, you, when you talk to people who support evolution, what are they saying when they say they support evolution and the origins of life and, and where we came from and how life got started? And, and the biggest thing is, is that life accidentally happened. It was just the perfect circumstances and it just happened. And I want you to think about something like just as a perspective from a kid's point of view. It is very different for a child who is brought into the world inside of marriage, inside of a mother and father who lovingly Wanted and planned that child to bring it into existence and they knew that they were planned and mom and dad had tried to have them and that effort was put forth to bring them into the world purposefully versus a kid who came about through accident. And we can say, like, well, there's no accidents. And and that's true. Like, God has a plan. But, you know, it's very different from a young man and woman who accidentally have a child unplanning, unmarried, and they bring a kid into the world through those circumstances versus a kid who's brought in planned and loved and in a relationship. And that has a drastic impact on a child's life and how they feel about themselves and their confidence. Whether you acknowledge it or not or you believe it, it does. And you see it time and time again in kids were brought into the world in those two different ways. When you start thinking about men and women who are promoting like how we got to be here based off of an accident, what do you think an accident reflects the value of something versus a loving God who meticulously, fearfully, and wonderfully created something that he loved so much that he was willing to die for? Which one do you think has more value? And evolutionists are highly influenced by Darwinianism, which promotes the survival of the fittest and opens up this whole plethora of thoughts and concepts towards the value of human life. And you see so many times over the years where governments and nations and empires have treated human life as disposable from the very beginnings, from slavery to war to genocide. Some of you have went and fought in wars. Some of you have had family members go and fought in wars. And when you think about, like, okay, why our leaders, they, they value life and they talk about it and they make laws and they stand up and they give speeches and they debate one another of the value of human life, but yet they send people off to war And sometimes that is necessary, but how many wars have we fought lately where we've come home and people have come home and said, why were we even there? And if there's no clear purpose and no clear reason, yet they're still sending people because the truth is, is that our world, the people of the world, and when we say world this morning, I want you to understand when we say world, you can interchange that in and out with Satan regularly because Satan is of the world and the world is His to give as He pleases. And Scripture talks about that. Many countries and even some states here in America are already participating in physician-assisted suicides. Don't know if you know about that. They're legally allowing people to start taking their own lives because they value life so much that they're making it Legal. And abortion has been recognized as a basic human right globally. 73 million babies aborted each year. In South Carolina, a person accused of child abuse or convicted of child abuse as a misdemeanor can have a minimum penalty of 30 days in jail or just fines with DSS's ultimate goal to return that child back to their parents because that's the best place that they could be. And if it is a, fe- a felony, they can serve a minimum of one year or no jail time with a fine at the discretion of the courts for child abuse. But a person convicted of animal cruelty as a misdemeanor will serve around 90 days in jail and or a fine And a felony will serve at least six months with a fine. So the penalties for animal cruelty is more stiff than it is for a person convicted of child abuse. What is our world communicating is more valuable. Most of you in this Uh, service right now probably do not know Carolyn and Renee Roach, but I called Miss Renee and asked her permission about this, but several years ago, her sister Carolyn was the victim of a robbery and was brutally beaten to the point where she is forever dependent until the day that she dies. She will always be dependent on someone else to take care of her. And in that process, the man who came in and beat her in that robbery... Received a 10 year sentence for assault and battery. But for armed robbery, as he stole $7 in rolled change, he received a 20 year sentence. Which one communicates the value of life? And I say this because I'm not against our government. I love America. I love where we live. But I just want us to understand that there's a very clear difference in the world, and there's a very clear difference in God. And if you say that you believe in God this morning, if you're contemplating about believing in God this morning, giving your heart to Him, you need to understand that the world we live in is very much against the God that we believe in. And that as believers in Christ, there's a line that's drawn in the sand that we are called to constantly choose. And as believers, we do not have the luxury of being of the world and being of God, of being both, but we have to be one or the other. And Scripture says that constantly. It reaffirms that. And so many people who say that we believe in Christ try to toe the line or straddle the line or move back and forth fluidly between the two, and the truth is that is it, it can't happen. Scripture affirms that. Scripture talks about it. So let's read this morning, and let's get into our sermon. Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. As Paul writes to the church, and he talks about their new life in Christ. He says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. You see the difference? You see the line in the sand? Human philosophies, and there are spiritual powers of the world. You with me? Follow what it's saying. All right? And those things are not of Christ. For Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head of every ruler and authority. And so you sit here this morning, one of the things I hear so many people struggle with is okay, if there is a God and if he is all powerful, why is all the bad stuff happening? Because we see all this stuff that's happening to people and like kids being abused and, and all, everything that's going on in the world and people see and they know that it's not right and they want to believe in God and they want to believe that God's all powerful but why is this stuff happening? And we have to remind ourselves that we serve a God who gives every single person on this earth the ability to have free will and to choose for themselves what they will do who they will follow, and what they will go after in this life. And you say, well, if he's all-powerful, why can't he just make us? Well, think about this. Who would you rather be married to? Would you be rather be married to a spouse who forces you to do everything that they want you to do who puts you under their thumb and watches your every move and, and makes you obey and do and basically you're just their servant for the rest of your life or do you want to be married to the spouse who lovingly welcomes you in and says, hey, come and do life with me. Let me help you. Let me be a part of your life. Let me pour myself into you and we can do this thing together. Which one sounds more romantic to you? Because the truth is, is love, true love is the love that allows you to make the choice for yourself. And we have to understand that in that, there are a lot of people and there's a lot of evil in this world, and God is constantly calling all people to come out of this world to come into Christ. Because the world is evil. The things of the world are evil. The things of the world are distracting. They do tear us away from God, and that's why we're called to come out and into Christ. So, point number one the world wants to capture you. And the world wants to have control over you, and it wants to do it for one of two reasons. When I say world, you can talk about the spiritual powers of this world, you can say Satan, you can say whatever you want to. You can, rulers and authorities, they want to control you. There's a reason why. And, point, and the first thing that they're wanting to do is they're wanting you to buy into their thoughts and desires and goals because they want you to come on board with what they want to do. Satan has an agenda. People have an agenda, right? They want you to get on board. That's why they stand up in front of large groups of people and they make speeches and they try to convince you to follow along. And companies who are selling stuff have campaigns because they want you to jump on board with their product, with their vision, with their culture to get you to go along with what they're doing because they have an agenda they're trying to accomplish. So they want you to join in and come on board. Or they want to capture you because they don't want you to challenge them because anyone who challenges them is an enemy so they capture you by getting you to come along and participate or they suppress you and capture you to keep you from fighting against them In 1 John chapter 2 verses 15 through 17 the author writes and he says do not love this world nor the things that it offers you for when you love the world you do not have the love of the father in you There's the line And every author in the New Testament who writes Scripture that we read today and refer to it as the Word of God draws the line in the sand and constantly communicates that you cannot do both. You have to make a choice. Verse 16, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. Even scripture says that sin is fun for a season. The world has so many things to offer us. So many things that we can attain, so many things that we can gain, so many things that we can work towards. And so many people in this life get lost in the aspect of you can see things in this world. There's something that you can see. There's something that you can strive for. And it's easy because you can see it and you can work for it and you can feel good about your accomplishments, which is what he talks about, the pride and achievements and possessions. But verse 17 says, and in this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And if you sit here today and you say, okay, which one sounds better? Worldly things that fade away or eternal things? Anyone with common sense who can grasp a a decent understanding of eternity says, well, eternal stuff. But here's the problem. I can see the physical. I can taste it. I can smell it. I can enjoy it. But the eternal, I can't see that. I can't understand that. And it scares me to, to miss out on something that I know and kind of have an understanding of what I could have versus something that I truly don't understand. And I think if we were honest this morning, most of us would say, like, we truly don't have a really good understanding of what eternity is going to be like, of what it's going to be like in heaven. And why that's so tempting. And we we joke about it all the time, and I say this a lot, but it's like most of the time we're just ready for church to be ever go home and eat lunch. And so the idea of eternity kind of scares us a little bit because is it going to be like church? I hope not. I'm hungry too. And so maybe it's not necessarily the simple fact of focusing so much on the eternity that we don't understand, but really focusing on the world that we do understand and realize the trickery that lies in it. Because make no mistake about it, when you read the scriptures and you look at the temptation of Christ and how Satan takes him to the top of the mountain and says, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth for they are mine to give. The world and everything in it belongs to Satan. And so in this, whenever we're talking this morning, there's this little bit of slippery slope that we're playing on, because how many of you would like to be blessed by the Lord? You can raise your hands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to be blessed by the Lord. Okay. And when we think about blessings, most of the time we're thinking about physical blessings, right? Right? like money and health and, you know, relationships and maybe some stuff. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff we're thinking about. We got our eyes set on. We would love to be blessed by the Lord in those ways. But then when you begin to think about, okay, if this world belongs to Satan and it's his to give, who is this really coming from? And it's scary because there are passages of Scripture where the Lord does bless people with physical things. He can do that. He is God. But at the same time, we have to be really careful. And this is where you have to be so weary of people who preach health, wealth, and prosperity because the world is Satan's and it is his to give. And so you never truly, you have to be on on your guard in the midst of this because physical things blind us from heavenly things. And we spend a lot of time crying out to the Lord for physical things when in reality we're all, it's almost like we're kind of praying, God, distract me from you. Distract me from eternal things because if I can have these and if, it, if I can enjoy this over here and if I can do this over here, then I'll be happy. But in reality, we get focused on that and we lose sight of God. And Satan wants you to be distracted. He wants you to... To, to, to miss out on what God has to offer. I don't know if kids run around and say this anymore, I doubt it, but a few years back, kids were just running around saying YOLO all the time. It's an acronym. You only live once, YOLO. And they were just saying that. It's basically like, this is our thing, like life is short, let's do whatever we want because let's enjoy it now because you only live once. That is atheism to a t life is short do what you want now and enjoy it because there's nothing to come which one screams more value the fact that your life is all it's ever going to be now or that your life can be infinitely more Everything about God and everything about Scripture screams value, and it screams love. And then everything that the world is screaming at us, which is supposed to give us freedom and enjoyment and experiences, screams no value. You can waste it now on this stuff because there's nothing better to look forward to. That's no value. But God says infinite value, eternal value, that you are worth so much more because while the heavens and the earth and everything in the world is fading away, you will live forever. And the choice is is whether or not you're going to live forever with God in heaven, or you're going to live forever in eternity with eternal destruction, separated from God. But either way, you're going to eternity. Which one has more value? Something that's infinite, or something that's temporary? So many times, the whole reason why we struggle with this as believers is because we've been blinded by things of the world. We're, we're focusing on, so we don't understand heaven, so we try not to think about it, and we get so indulged in things of the world that it blinds us from going back and focusing on the truly important thing. But you and I are more than animals, and we're called to be more than this world. We are created to be more than this world. You realize that? And because of that, the world does not like Christians. They don't like Christianity. They don't like the concept of God. Because they don't want you to look past what the world has to offer, what they can do for you, or what they can sell you. And so 1 John 3, verses 13 says, Don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, when the world hates you. And everything that Christ calls us to do goes directly against the world and infuriates them. John chapter 15, verses 20 through 21 says, Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. And since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. The whole struggle between the world and between God is the simple fact of it's God. It's God. Like, it looks like stuff, it looks like things, it looks like freedom, and they try to spin it and all this stuff, but make no mistake about it, we live in a world where there's a lot more going on than you and I realize. There's spiritual war taking place. Satan and his demons are fighting a battle for your very soul. And you have to understand that. You talk about the fourth man in the fire, and whenever we were praying a while ago, there are countless passages of Scripture where God opens up people's eyes and they realize that there is something beyond this world that is right there in front of them and they couldn't even see it. We were reading Balaam and the talking donkey last night. The donkey saw the angel, but Balaam didn't. So many passages where you and I can't see it. And the truth is, is we don't see it because we're not looking for God, we're looking at the world. And we've got to change the things we're looking at, change the things we're we're striving for. And to realize that the world is constantly trying to trap us and capture us. Point number two, if it's not of God, then it's nonsense. If it's not of God, it's nonsense. And you constantly need to communicate this to yourself. But the truth is, is that the world knows that you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Right? A lot of us in this room are older. A lot of us in this room have been saved for a long time. You've made up your mind. You know what you believe in. And so the world doesn't necessarily come after you, but who do you think they're going after? They're going after your kids. They're going after your grandkids because they're young and they're impressionable. And we all know what happens when you hit about 12, 13 years old, right? Every kid who's ever lived when they hit 12 or 13 years old, all of a sudden becomes more intelligent than their parents and their parents all of a sudden become special needs, And they will listen to anybody else in the world other than their parent. It's amazing that someone over here can say, you need to do this. You don't need to do this. Oh, okay. And you're as a parent sitting there like, you just want to go blow something up because you've said the same exact thing and they will not listen to you. And the world knows this and the world is going to pour into them. And as a believer, you need to understand that you need to be communicating on a regular basis that if it's not of God, then it's nonsense. And you can't claim it. Like it's not enough just to say it. Okay, It's not enough just to say it. You have to live this out. You have to be committed in your life to live this out because if anyone in this world is going to call you out on your hypocrisy, who's it going to be? the ones who already think your special needs. They will call you on it. And if you are saying that you should trust in God, you should believe in God, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this, you should do that, and then you're not doing it, what do you think they're going to do? Not going to do it. So, it's so important for us to make sure that the way that we live is also affirming what we are saying and that the world is nonsense, that we don't have to live the same way the world does. And so many people are like, oh man, you you gotta be realistic. Like, you're a pastor, you don't live in the real world, you're just kind of sheltered, you live a sheltered life, you don't go to jobs, you don't go to work every day, you don't go through what I'm going through. I understand the regular world is very different and I've lived in the regular world before. And it is different. But make no mistake about it that in this life every passage of Scripture in the New Testament and every author who gave up their life in the name of Jesus to spread the message of the Gospel drew the line in the sand and communicated the Word of God that was inspired to them through the Holy Spirit that you need to choose to choose You cannot make excuses in this life that, well, as a pastor or as so and so, you you live a sheltered life or you don't live in the real world. It's like, yeah, that's true. Like, what you go to work every day is very different than what I go to work with every day. But I've been there, I've been in the real world. I worked a real job. I know what everybody's saying, I know what everybody's doing. And it's not of Christ. The world is not of Christ. That's not a secret. Everybody knows that there's all kinds of sin and all kinds of opportunity out there. That's known. But you have been called to choose Christ or the world. And Christ has constantly said, come out of the world and come into Christ so that I can make you a new creation. To realize that you are more than animals, that God has called you to be more. And because he's called you to be more, you can be more. You can be better through the power of Christ because that's what he's called us to do. <clears throat> and your children probably think they're really intelligent and they won't listen to what you say. And the world looks at us as believers and thinks that we're crazy. And Paul writes to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. And this was a group of people who considered themselves very intelligent. I mean this was kind of like their thing like their whole culture was based off of intelligence and their ability to debate with one another and this was something they were highly wrapped up in and paul writes about this and he says stop deceiving yourselves if you think you are wise by this world's standards you need to become a fool to truly be wise there's your line The world is going to look at us, the world is going to look at Christianity, the world is going to look at God and say, that's absolutely foolishness, it's ludicrous, nonsense. And you and I as believers need to be okay with that. We need to be okay with not being accepted by the rest of the world. Because if we believe what we believe in Christ and what we say we believe in Scripture, the world is nonsense. They're chasing after something that's fading away. When in fact, you and I are the real geniuses because we're chasing after something that's eternal that's worth so much more that they can't even see it. Verse 19, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, He traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. Guys, You have to be so careful not to be intimidated, young people and old people, not to be intimidated by people who are smart. There's some amazingly intelligent, incredible, incredibly talented people in this world. And I think of one person, you probably know who I'm talking about, I'm not going to mention his name, because I think he's incredibly smart, and he's a fascinating guy, and I've watched some videos on him and stuff, and, and read a few things about him, but... You know, the, the most fascinating thing that I saw the other day was he was talking about how, you know, there's some things in this world that he really wants to do. Like he, he was talking about how he really wanted to build his own house. He actually owns like several homes, but he wants to build his own home. But then he got to thinking, he was like, you know, what I'm doing is more important than me building my own home. The guy's building rockets, trying to get us to Mars. And he said, it's more important for me to get us to Mars than it is for me to build my own home. And so he's devoting everything in his life to do that. Which is amazingly respectable in some ways. Because he's willing to sacrifice things that he could have that are easily attainable for something that may not necessarily be attainable. And I sit here as a Christian and I look at him and I'm like, what a waste. Because he's so intelligent, he's like incredibly smart, incredibly wealthy. He could do anything he wanted to do, and he's trying to get us to Mars. And according to what we read in Scripture, before it's ever needed for us to actually be there, it'll all be gone. Won't even be here. There's no need for that because of what we see in Scripture and what we believe for the eternal versus what we see for the worldly. And it's like, you you can tell, like, he may be sacrificing things of the world, but he is still of the world because he's thinking, like, we've got to get there to save what's here. And it's like, no, all this is fading away anyway. It's never going to be there for eternity, but we're all moving towards the eternal. And it's like the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. And his IQ is probably 10 times higher than mine. But it's not about that. Because we have to step out on faith and trust in God. You know, we said earlier there's probably a lot of things about eternity that we we don't strive for it and we don't look forward to it because we just don't understand it. And the truth is, as you think about what Scripture constantly communicates our relationship with Christ is about, it is about faith. You have to step out in faith and believe and trust that what God says is true, that eternity is better than this sacrificing the things of the world is worth this even though you don't may not necessarily understand or know what it is you're getting that it's better and that takes faith And faith is a tricky thing because we all start out in faith when we trust in Christ and we begin to follow him and we don't know how this thing's going to work out. But there's some of you in here who can raise your hands this morning and testify that now after you've been saved for a number of years and you've been following the Lord and you've seen the blessings and the benefits that go with following God and pursuing eternity and you look back at the world, you're kind of dumbfounded a little bit to understand, I don't understand why people can't see it. I don't understand why they can't give their hearts to Christ because now it's so clear. And a lot of believers lose touch a little bit with the world because now God has revealed to you, you're not just blindly following by faith anymore. There's still faith, but you can see it in your own life and you can see the consequences of sin. And you can see the consequences of following Christ. And you can see the answered prayer. And you can see the faithfulness of God. And you just can't get why no one else can see it now. And as we strive for eternity, there's a lot of things that we don't understand. That we have to step out in faith and say, God, I really want this thing over here. I can see it. I can touch it. I can taste it. And I know it's attainable, God. God. I'm going to give this up so that I can come and follow you and I don't exactly know what I'm getting. And I'm telling you that you may not ever have a complete understanding until you step into eternity, but given time and faithfulness and growing in your relationship with the Lord, it is amazing at what God can reveal to you in time as we follow Him and as we trust in Him. We've got to be willing to do that. But the world wants you to believe that there's nothing to look forward to the world wants you to believe that it's not worth waiting for. It's not worth investing in. Point number three. Humans are supposed to be vessels of God. You know, last week we talked about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and at the same time, God is still making us. He's still creating us to be new beings, new creatures, which to me is amazing. That's one of the best things about being a Christian, is that hopefully in the days to come, you will be better than what you are now, which is a great thing, that God can do that new work in us. But you and I were always meant to be vessels of God. I don't know if you've ever just sit around and you thought about, as a human being, you are constantly putting stuff in your body. You're constantly consuming, whether it's food or water or water. Or, or stuff like you know, it's like and it's one of the reasons why as as believers, or not as believers, but just as human beings, like addictions, we're just constantly just putting stuff in. We're constantly experiencing, touching, like we're constantly feeding our senses and our desires, and our body becomes accustomed to stuff. And it constantly just grabs and wants and you have those desires in your life to just constantly continue to fill yourself full of whatever it is you're filling yourself with. And it's entertainment, it's knowledge, it's news. And so you could, be, you could just love reading, and so you're just reading books, or you could love watching TV or movies, and you're just constantly just engulfing and, and digesting all the stuff that you're bringing in your body, because you were created to be a vessel. You were created to be poured into infinitely. There's never enough information. There's never enough knowledge. There's never enough experiences. There's never enough high. There's never enough food. There's never enough water. It's like whatever it is, like there's never enough of it because that's the way that God created you to be. But the problem is, is that you weren't created to digest the things of the world. You were created to be the vessel of the Holy Spirit and to constantly be poured into by God himself, which I might say is the only thing that won't kill you. Because everything else that you partake of, if you don't do it in moderation, it will kill you. You drink too much water, it will kill you. You eat too much sugar, it will kill you. You eat too much salt, it will kill you. Everything that we do in this life, we're just constantly trying to fill this void inside of us because we are vessels, we were made to be filled. And what's crazy is that even though we're physical, It's amazing how there's an infinite, vast space inside of us that just needs to be filled. And we're constantly trying to fill it. But the truth is, is that we were meant to be filled by the Spirit of God. And it's amazing that as we're filled with the Spirit of God, we can continually be filled with the Spirit of God over and over and over again. And it doesn't lead to death, but it actually leads to eternal life. And that's what we were meant to house was the spirit of God. First Peter chapter two, verses seven through nine. He writes, "You who trust him recognize the honor God has given him, but for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone." And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. You think about the world, they just reject God. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about rejecting the Lord. It's about choosing their own way, and it is the stone that they have stumbled over, the stone the entire world has stumbled over, has been chosen to be the cornerstone that God has used to build eternity on. In verse 9, it says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. There's the line again. God has called you out of the world, out of the darkness, and into eternity, into the light. And because you are a vessel... You're meant to house the Spirit of God. Your job is to show the world the goodness of God, to be a visible representation of who Christ and who God is. And they will see it or they won't. And it doesn't matter what you say. And it starts with your kids, because your kids will be the first ones to call you on it, and whether or not they they love Christianity and they want to follow Christ because you taught it to them and you lived it out in front of them, or they... Get disgusted with it because you shoved it down their throat and then you didn't live it out for yourself. We are called to be visible images of God in this world. You and I are vessels. And the world wants us to think that we're just animals. And the world says that we're just surviving. And the world says that we're competing. And the world says that everything that you and I believe is nonsense. Are you okay with that? You need to be okay with it because you and I are called not to be of the world but to be of Christ, to be new creations. And God says that He loved you so much that He sent His one and only Son so that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. Which creates and screams value more The fact that this life is it or the fact that you are eternal. That you will be beyond this world, beyond the things, beyond all other creation and you will be with the Father in heaven for eternity. Which one screams more value? Which one screams more love? We are more than animals and the Spirit of God that dwells in us, that's supposed to fill us, is still forming us in preparation for that eternity. You think about your your body this morning and what you're willing to allow yourself to be filled with. When you think about your body being that vessel, the more you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the more you're being prepared to be with God. The more that will be revealed to you about what that is going to be. And as you focus on the Lord and as you focus on being filled with the Spirit, as you focus on eternal things, the things of the world will grow strangely dim. You won't care so much about those things anymore. But that takes faith. And you got to start it by stepping out in faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. And thank you for being with us and speaking to our hearts and lives. Thank you for your word. And Jesus, as we sit here today, I pray that you would reveal truth to us. Lord, help us to see that this world and everything in it, Lord, it is the nonsense. It is the things that are passing away. It's the things that we will literally waste our being in because we will always have to give them up and turn them loose. But Lord, your kingdom, your son Jesus, your eternal your eternity, God, it is worth giving up everything for because it has the most value. And in all of creation, we are valued more than anything else because you want to bring us into that eternity. Help us to trust in you, to believe in you. And Lord, to just humbly step out in faith and allow you to help us come out of this world and into Christ the way you've always intended us to be. We love you and thank you and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.